Hi everybody, this is Rabbi Mayor Friedman and I would like to share with you an answer to this morning's question. Just to recap the question, it was, we have in this parsha Bilam, a number of similarities that happened with Bilam and another person in the Torah. The different things that are comparable are that, number one, Balak says about Bilam that, I know that he whom you bless is blessed and he who you curse is cursed. Number two, after Bilam finally got the go-ahead from God to curse the, to go with Bullock's men, he got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. And number three, he had two lads, two servants with him. And the question was, who else in the Torah did those three things happen to? Or something similar to those three things. Thank you to everyone who sent in answers. Got a number of answers and a number of you got it. The other person was Abraham. Back in Genesis... In Pashas Lech Lecha, the first time God speaks to Abraham, God tells him, go forth from your native land, leave your father's home, go to the land of Canaan. I'm going to show it to you. He didn't say Canaan yet. He told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You'll be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and curse him that curses you. Item number two was that in chapter Genesis chapter 22, God told Abraham, Abraham, I needed to bring your son Isaac as an offering, as a burnt offering of carbon ola. And Abraham, the next morning, in the morning, Abraham saddled his donkey, says the Torah. This is Genesis chapter 22, verse 3. Saddles his donkey, he saddled his donkey and took with him two of his servants, two lads, just like Bilam had two lads with him. And there's really a fourth thing. If you think about it, over here, by Bilam, God finally told Bilam he could go. But... If you look in the parasha, right after Bilaam's on his way, an angel stops him. And that's why his donkey stops. He ends up hitting his donkey, and the donkey ends up speaking to him, the original Shrek. But the angel, God said he could go, and an angel came along and stopped Bilaam from going. Eventually, the angel let him go, but the angel at least put some impediment in his path. With Abraham also, God told Abraham, bring your son as an offering, as a carbon ola. And right as Abraham was about to do it, they're on Har Maria, Mount Moriah. Isaac is tied up on the altar. Abraham has the knife in his hand ready to slaughter his son. And an angel says, Abraham, stop. Don't do it. God said, go do it. An angel came along and prevented Abraham from actually carrying it out. As a matter of fact, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, the Ethics of the Fathers, Chapter 5, Mishnah 19 compares and contrasts Abraham and Bilaam. And it says that anyone who possesses the following three things of a good eye, a generous eye, a humble spirit, and a nefesh shefala, a moderate appetite, that's a student of Abraham. And somebody who has the opposite character traits, someone who has an evil eye, a haughty spirit, somebody who's a balgaiva, and someone who has a limitless appetite, that is a student of Bilam, the wicked Bilam. And so it wasn't just by chance two random people in the Torah who happened to have opposite characteristics. We see from the words of the Torah itself, the verbiage that the Torah uses from the macro vision of the two narratives of God saying go and the angel stopping that there is some relationship going on with it over here between Abraham and Bilam. And suggests Rabbi David Foreman of alephbeta.org, a great phenomenal website with a lot of fantastic Torah classes. He suggests that if you think about it, what Abraham was doing and what Bilaam was doing were both super similar in their challenge that they had before them. 
God told Abraham to do something that Abraham didn't want to do. Slaughter your son. God told Bilaam something that Bilaam really didn't want to do. Don't curse the Jews. Yes, eventually God told Bilaam you could go with Balak's men, but you're going to do what I tell you. As the Gemara says that in the way that a person is trying to go, God will help him along. For the good, if someone's trying to accomplish good, God will help them do good. If a person is insistent on doing something wrong, God will eventually allow them to do that also. And of course, that person will have to suffer the consequences. But with Abraham, when God tells him to do something that Abraham didn't want to do, Abraham is up early the next morning, saddling his donkey, passionate to do what God tells him is the right thing to do, even though it pains him, even though it doesn't make any sense to him. God said it. I got to carry it out to the best of my ability with passion, excitement, and zeal. And conversely with Bilam, God tells Bilam, do something that you don't want to do. And Bilam doesn't give in. He nudges God. No, I want to do it. He doesn't say to the messengers of King Balak, God said no. He says, God held himself back from letting me go. As if God wanted to, but he held himself back. Maybe if we keep pushing, he'll do it. Come back to me. Let's try again. You know, another time, maybe I'll be able to convince God to let it happen. Abraham has a humble spirit. When God tells him the right thing to do, what he should be doing? Abraham doesn't have any ego. He doesn't have his own perspective anymore. He totally took on the perspective that God wanted him to take on. On the other hand, with Bilaam, God tells Bilaam, this is the wrong thing to do. You shouldn't be doing this. No, the answer is no, don't do this. Bilaam still refused to give up his own perspective. He refused to bend his will to God and, in and instead tried getting God to bend his will to Bilaam. Bilaam, says the Mishnah in Perkyavos, is the paradigm of somebody who has this major ego. God tells him this is wrong, says Bilaam, but I still have my own perspective. I still think it's a good idea. Come on, God, let's do it. It should happen. It's a good idea. To bring this down to a practical level, there are many, many mitzvahs in the Torah. Some we might find very beautiful and meaningful and relevant, and others we might not understand why they're necessary. And it's very easy for us to second-guess what the Torah says. Second-guess whether we have to keep a specific mitzvah or not. That mitzvah, that's not so important, that's not so meaningful, that's one that I could skip without a problem. Says the Mishnah in Pekiavos, make sure that you're from the students of Abraham. Make sure that you're not from the students of Bilam. When God tells you XYZ should be done, do you still insist on your own perspective? Do you still think you might know better and keep trying to push the envelope? Or do you say, God knows me, God knows the world, God knows my neshama, my soul. Distance between my own intelligence and God's intelligence is so vast that there's no number which could fit it. And therefore, if God tells me to do it, I'm going to take it on and do it with passion and excitement and follow through 150% all the way. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody, and see you next week on Wondering Wednesday.